Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast on SB Nation. I'm Brian Murphy, contributor at McCoveyChronicles.com, and with me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes about the Giants at GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug, um, I'm joining you from intense searing back pain, and um, and I, I the Giants have kind of taken a little bit of that pain away, but what do you think about the week they had? I think it's great. Uh, they went six and one and they are still alive for the playoffs i believe as long as they go nine and oh and the phillies go one and eight or one and seven i think those have eight games left giants go nine and oh phillies go one and seven brewers go uh at best three and whatever i don't know how many games they have left (laughs) three three and six also uh that the giants are in it's basically a sure thing i think it's possible i mean that's why not why not? Why not us? <laughs> 2022 Giants. Why not? Uh, the Giants did clinch their 75th win, which, as everyone who listens to this podcast knows, mission accomplished. Wrap, wrap it up. Sound sabermetric principles. We got them. They, uh, another successful uh, saber pennant put it on the wall. Uh, or if that's not efficient, you know, just archive that email. Uh, but good for them. Yes, the Giants took two out of three against the Diamondbacks. They also swept the Rockies in Colorado in a four-game series for the first time since when? 2012? I can't remember. It was their first shut. They had a shutout win there, which they hadn't done since the first article, like game recap I did for the Giants uh, was a Barry Zito shutout in Coors Field. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that quite a week uh overall a nice fun week now that they're essentially playing for well you know what they're not playing for nothing because doug just laid it out for you that's right right. when when they do the if you those of you who remember the the brian sabian era around 2005 like you know they've only had 13 meaningless games in the brian sabian era (laughs) before that number got very big very fast uh (laughs) but hey you know what we're not in meaningless games territory yet let's do this let's do it um a couple of things we're gonna, this week we're going to talk about the other big news before we finish off this discussion about the week. But I mean, Buster Posey became a, an owner. <laughs> Scott Harris, the GM, departed. We don't know what that means. Doug and I will try to talk about it. Uh, we found out that the Giants' uh, pitching scientist, director of pitching, um, is not around for reasons we'll get into. And then we're going to talk a little teeny tiny bit about this guy named Aaron Judge, who's trying to um, hit this record uh, in baseball. Uh, home, uh, that wasn't even like good sly. That was like dumb. <laughs> uh, anyway, Aaron Judge is trying to break some home run records and Barry Bonds is in the mix. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. But just to kind of finish off the talk, uh, the talk about the week, um, I just want to mention that um, I didn't think I actually loved Brandon Crawford. Like I liked him and I appreciate him and he was part of championships and I love that he's homegrown, but I, you know, I really love Brandon Crawford and, yeah. and he's had a great week. He's come back from the IL. He's playing. He's, he's looks like he's setting himself up to finish the season strong. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, his defense this week was just, just every game. There was like a highlight reel worthy play. And you're, you just watch it like, yeah, that's that's the Brandon Crawford I remember. Because, you know, for for a while this month, especially May, June-ish, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't look like that. He looked bad. He looked bad at the plate. He looked bad in the field. Um, he was not himself. And you're just sitting there going, man, I 
watched a lot of great giants fade and now I'm doing it again and I still don't like it. <laughs> um, but you know, then he, he turned around his season at the end here and he's, he's, he's hitting better. He's fielding the way his feeling has been great lately. Uh, and it's, it's good to see him play like that. It reminds us of when things were better, like, you know, 12 months ago. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike Petriello for Baseball Savant, he even tweeted out that Brandon Crawford in the Sunday finale against Diamondbacks, he threw a ball 93.5 miles per hour maybe. Maybe it was 92.5, but it was the fastest that uh, StatCast had ever recorded him throwing a, a ball on the field. Um, and, you know, I just want to point out, there's still he can still hoop. He's got some <laughs> baseball left in that body. And I think what I, I'm, I love him, I'm excited to see this is like, you know, signing him to that two-year extension. I think everyone thought, uh, yeah, that, that could potentially go sort of the way it's going, this extension. But also, you know. Right. What <laughs> if, if it doesn't? Yeah. And, and how much does he really, how much better does he really need to sort of hit if the defense even stays pretty close to this? Because defensively, defensive metrics wise, he has been the worst by um, the met, the number that the, the Sabre defensive index score that they use to decide half partially decide the gold glove. He's the worst defensive shortstop in the national league this year, which is pretty remarkable sucks. Um, but, but just by Fangraph's defensive runs, he's, he's still in positive territory and he's better. And he's basically half as good as he was last year, which I test wise seems to kind of track out. But the fact that he's come, he's ending a season strong after he spent time on the IL and it's been down, you know, there's a little baseball left in there. So how much better does he need to play than what he's played this season? Does he, you know, he's, it'd be weird that he's, it's weird that he's not going to get to 500 PAs this year because he's been very reliable. He's been a very durable giant. And yeah, they don't have a better option at shortstop, you know, who's going to anchor the defense in the way that he has. So I love it. I love to see that he's kind of saying like, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> it's nice uh, why not <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's our motto for the giants right now why not <laughs> i mean wow. because for at least the next two or three years i mean wh- what is this this is all just like they're just going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall they're they're not a competitive real baseball team for the next couple hey, of years anyway if that, so. if that spaghetti sticks the spaghetti <laughs> stuck last year remember that was great they're just gonna do it again uh let's get into the most exciting news of the week although the giants playing well is always pretty exciting and the fact oh, hold, that hold on just one, more, just one more note on brandon crawford i'm looking at the fangraphs page uh fangraphs has him as a better defender at shortstop than trey turner so <laughs> there in, we in go like, in like 400 less innings too <laughs> it would be great if that was one of the reasons cited why the giants don't even pursue trey <laughs> turner so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we looked internally that we felt we had better situation. <laughs> okay, so Buster Posey, uh, our beloved Buster Posey, has uh, bought into the Giants and is now a, quite literally, once again, the face of the franchise. <laughs> uh, just a, a couple of quotes. You know, Farhan Zaidi uh, said, this is really exciting. It's funny. I was just listening to the soundbite about how Posey said, oh, I'm not going to be in the trenches. And then Farhan Zaidi said, we're going to drag him into the trenches. I'm, I'm not sure he's going to get away that easily. Um, he, he wants to formalize the relationship, give Zaidi a chance to badger him more on stuff, be able to run stuff by him. I know he talked about helping us recruit. 
Uh, it's going to be a great arrangement. Also, front office topics like, which got me the most excited why I'm pointing it out, pitch sequencing. Oh, my God. But also, I wanted to circle around. Doug, Buster Posey being an owner, fantastic. You wrote about this. I want to talk about what you wrote. But I also want to be like, Posey has, does not have a good track record recruiting. Why would you That's mention true. that? No. no, he has been a very bad recruiter, which he knows, by the way. He's, he's made jokes about it. He's like, yeah, you know. Because he went after, he was there for John Lester and did you talk to Stanton when the Giants were trying to trade? For I him? think so, but yeah, John Lester was the one who took the time to say I laughed them out of the room and thought their <laughs> pitch was weird. Um, and then John Lester, all he did was dominate the Giants, so he won that going away. But yes, um, but you wrote a great article. Go to giantsdug.substack.com uh, about what this kind of like what this means. Did we get a dollar figure about what his buy-in might have been, or any sense of that? By the way. No, so they don't they don't typically release that. Um, I assumed it was in the like the low tens of millions, like ten or twenty million. But um, we're going to talk about his body armor investment soon. Kobe Bryant, in one of those articles, made a six million dollar investment in body armor that turned into a four hundred million dollar value. So I mean, Buster could have put in a hundred million dollars. Like I'm not saying he did. We we have yeah. no idea. But that is on the table. Also, I believe that article, so Body Armor is a sports drink, right? And Coca-Cola yeah. bought it. And uh, a lot of athletes were ground floor investors in it. And what I remember reading is that Posey put in more than Kobe Bryant. No, he might have so put in the most. It didn't compare to Kobe. It compared to a couple other baseball players. He put in more than anyone who put in money of that group. But we don't know if Kobe put in more or less than them. Got it. So yeah, and he made what two hundred and fifty million plus playing baseball. Um, that's crazy to think that Buster Posey probably has over half a billion dollars. Yeah. So I mean, why not? Why yeah. not use it to buy part of a bad bad baseball team? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Uh, but <laughs> but your article really kind of makes the the ultimate point here. This is um, this is great PR for the team and a chance to uh, sidestep the Charles Johnson thorniness. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Charles Johnson has been in the news just repeatedly for being like, oh, sorry, I gave money to those traders. I won't do it again. And then, like three months later, oh, you got me. But this time it just keeps happening like again and again and again. And at some point you're like, look, he's just not going to stop giving money to people who don't think a Democrat should ever win an election, whether or not they get the most votes. And uh, and so the Giants ownership has that image problem they've had it for a while and that's not even getting into scott seligman another big owner in the giants who's has his own like money laundering issues or something that i wrote about a year and a half ago and have already forgotten specifically what they were um <laughs> but he you know he like used his, he has he new ones this year yeah <laughs> he just keeps having new ones too nobody cares because charles johnson's are so juicy but like this is an ownership group with an image problem and so bringing buster posey in so that fans, when fans think about ownership, they're not thinking about, oh, the dude who loves Marjorie Taylor Greene and insurrections. They're, t- they're thinking about, oh, Buster Posey, the dude who hit those home runs and was cool and I liked him. Also, it's good smoothing over for, well, with Buster there, there's now sort of like a quality control element and, and saying that he'll be part of the recruiting. You know, it's essentially it's essentially like now – this is a sign that they're going to try because now Buster has a say and he knows what it takes. Um, so it, it does do both sides of it. The serious people who are looking at it, 
looking at the team being like, wow, every dollar that a fan spends goes into contributing to rising American fascism. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other side is I just want my team to make the playoffs. And then you, you basically with one guy, um, you know, like a fullback blocking, you've, you've cleared the way uh, for the giants to make money. I mean, this is at the end of the day, that's all this is about is the giants making money. And, and um, I, you know, investment wise, I'm sure the Giants are an incredibly steady investment. I just wonder how that's going to go the next couple of years. So <laughs> what is returns are going to be the next couple of years. But, well, remember, uh, uh, baseball teams will make money no matter what. So, I mean, if you think of it like that. Well, I'm just thinking from Buster's perspective, like I got a lot more on the body armor <laughs> investment <laughs> than what I'm getting from the Giants. And they're going to be like, you know how Buster Posey at, at the first ring, at the first uh, ceremony for the World Series is like, let's do this every year. So now he probably thinks every investment's going to be like a 300% return. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not how it works. But uh, we'll find out. Uh, but I mean, if nothing else having Buster Posey be more officially around does provide us things like tweeting out the giants are undefeated or have an amazing record under the steady ownership of Buster Posey as McCovey Chronicles tweeted out. Or, you know, if things aren't going well, you know, it's like the buck's going to stop with him. And so there's at least the fun side of it, but yes, at the, at the end of the day, Buster Posey's and his family are, providing cover for rising American fascism. (laughs) (laughs) I will say also from a baseball perspective, remember uh, the ceremony that Buster had earlier this year, I think in May, the team was playing badly. Then Buster showed up and they played great for like a week. So in theory, if he can just keep doing that, just make appearances, public appearances, just like show up in the clubhouse and be like, I'm watching you. Don't embarrass me. I mean, Hey, who knows? Maybe that's all they need. And this is kind of a weird uh, one last thing, one thought I had about this. Uh, it's kind of a weird, um, bizarro version of the Dodgers ownership situation. Magic Johnson has many body armors in his right. in his investment career. So he's not like he could potentially be considered a mascot of the, of the deal, but he's not uh, of that ownership group. But there is kind of a weird parallel. And like, this is the Giants poorer version of that. Because if the Dodgers owners woke up with the Giants owners' money, they'd kill themselves. Like, <laughs> the Dodgers are just way wealthier than the Giants owners collectively. Although Charles Johnson's pretty high up there, but you know, it, it's it's just a weird kind of you know, Magic Johnson is to LA as Buster Posey is to San Francisco. That kind of almost locks in. That kind of yeah. almost fits. So yeah, I mean, it comes from a different franchise, but to like sports fans in general, there. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it'd be like it'd be like Steph Curry buying part of the Giants. Like, oh, of course. Like he's, right. he feels like he's ours, even though he's really belongs to the NBA team. Yeah. Uh, so cool stuff. And and I am going to wonder about that body armor sale. That was very yeah. weird. <laughs> we all will. <laughs> all right. The next bit, the Giants have uh, are have some more work to do this offseason. They've got to hire a GM. Although, do they? Uh, Scott Harris has departed as the general manager to go take over the Detroit Tigers and become their president of baseball operations. Uh, I loved your point in your article that you made about this is all just kind of a weird shell game of title inflation, you know, um, that if you create these new positions, then you get to go around that idea. You know, the Dodgers weren't going to let Farnsidey join a division rival, but if the division rival creates a new position that's technically higher up, then yeah, they kind of don't have a leg to stand on to prevent him from doing that. And so it creates this weird situation of what were their 
duties? What were their delineated responsibilities? And uh, when Scott Harris was hired with the Giants, it was it, the article that um, uh, Homeroom. Why am I blanking on this? Carrie Crowley. Carrie Crowley. Great, Carrie Crowley. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember her name. Carrie. Uh, congrats on your new gig at the Athletic, by the way. I know he's listening. That's why I mentioned it. Oh, uh, he loves. The, he yeah, loves he, the Chromecast. Yep, big fan. Uh, but he said, like his Harris's responsibilities were intentionally vague, and and so it gets into not not just title inflation, but also you know who's responsible for what, who who gets the blame, nobody, but they all get the success. Very clever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it kind of it's it's it Barhan that it all kind of falls on because when the team's bad, like nobody was thinking about Scott Harris other than as the other guy, right? You're like. Because you could say either, oh, Farhan needs to get it done, or, well, I guess Farhan and Harris need to get it done, but never just Scott Harris needs to get it done. Right. So it's always like a big part of that's right on Farhan. So it makes Scott Harris look a lot better, even though we literally have no idea any part of, of anything that goes on in there. I had a tweet earlier in the season that when things are going great, it's Farhan's um, uh, anxiety's fault. And when things are going poorly, it's Scott Harris's fault. So uh, can't help but notice that since he's been gone, they played better. So I'm just they have, you know what? He was holding his team back. <laughs> One thing I think he did do, or what what I kind of vaguely remember about his area of expertise, is sort of anticipatory uh, things like options and when you could call guys up, and sort of like just scheduling, um, kind of programming the the their their system a little bit more. So like when the best platoons are, what, you know, coinciding the schedule with, with their strengths, that kind of thing. I think he was really good at those types of details. Well, the good news for the Giants is you don't need to do either of those things anymore because no. the best time for platoons is always, we've learned this, <laughs> and you don't have to concentrate on your strengths if you don't have a lot of strengths. So see, they've really, really kind of nullified the effect of him leaving. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, I think most of these people are coming off the mat who haven't played baseball either beyond college or even in college to become these CEOs of these baseball teams, at least on baseball operations, you know, a big strength of theirs is essentially like doing, getting by, by spending as little as possible. Yeah. You know, that that's the only way that people like that can essentially jump careers or jump fields, I should say is by saying like, listen, I have the math that shows that this is all you need to get by and this will cost this much. And guess what? The more we keep pressing for this to be the uniform way that everyone plays baseball, it just drives the cost down, period. If everyone's playing baseball exactly the same, then you don't have to spend as much for it. So um, good luck to the Tigers. Good luck luck to the Tigers. Yeah. I, I think there was someone asking Grant on Twitter, like, what is, is this good news for the Giants or for the Tigers? And it's sort of like, don't know. Don't know what he did. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> Think, things went well last year. He was part of that. So right. He was there. <laughs> he was there. We assume he made some good decisions. Uh, that's all we got for you on Scott Harris. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about someone who definitely has not been there for the Giants this season. Heyo! (laughs) A big piece that kind of got washed away with all this news to the point where now now we're talking about it was the Buster Posey announcement timed with knowing that this article is coming out. It seems like they either came out on the same day or within 24 hours of each other. Um, 
that uh, Andrew Bagley wrote for The Athletic that Brian Bannister, the Giants head of pitching, has not been with the team this year because he is unvaccinated. And so he hasn't been meeting with the players. He hasn't been traveling the minor leagues, going to the teams. He's been basically diagnosing and coaching all through video. And I think that I'm bringing this up because I think that's ridiculous. (laughs) The Giants are essentially making a special um, consideration for him because he's so valuable to the organization, even though that value is diminished by his lack of presence. And so I guess their thought is, well, if we don't make these accommodations, some other team will, and they'll benefit uh, from that. So we'd rather take the diminished benefit than no benefit at all, even if the unintended consequences might be other people going, why is that guy getting a special consideration and I'm not? (laughs) It's a weird weird game, but Brian Bannister highly touted when he was hired and he hasn't been around because of the COVID vaccine. So, I mean, it's interesting because I remember when Brian Bannister was a player and one of those years, he was never a particularly good player, but that's because he had less talent. Um, And I don't mean that as like pejorative. I mean that like he literally could barely hit 90 on his fastball, but he was like the thinking man's pitcher. Right. So he like, Mm -hmm. he would, he, he was sort of a mini Maddox in a way where he could sort of sequence and sort of work on things and get hitters off balance without the premium stuff you see from other pitchers. And it worked for like a couple of years. And, you know, if you don't, if you have triple a talent, getting a couple of years out of that in the majors is pretty good. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of what, that was his background. That's how we started getting into, uh, into front offices, organizations. I think he was with the Red Sox before he came to the Giants. Uh, that's how he, you know, he finished just looking it up. He finished third place in the rookie of the year, the AL rookie of the year in 2007. Cause when he went 12 and nine with a 387 ERA, um, only struck out 4.2 in per, per nine innings, but he, you know, he found a way to get it done. He, he was smart. He could, and then, and then this, uh, <laughs> it, it really is it's the sort of thing that shouldn't surprise you because you can understand that smart people will have different political opinions uh, and you kind of understand that, but it is always still surprising to me that someone is unable to or unwilling to look at the totality of the evidence when it comes to vaccinations. And it doesn't appear from the article that this had anything to do with any sort of medical reasoning um for an inability to get uh, a vaccine this just seems like it's a personal choice and he's my age like we're like a month apart in age and he's he went to school in arizona i assume that's where he's from he went to usc you know a very west coasty upbringing people and our demographic elder millennials, there was, this was not a stigma really. So in fact, vaccines and all that stuff seems like it was just part of the curve. So this definitely seems like taking in outside information from a very specific Avenue of, um, uh, I guess it's politics. I don't know why it's politics. I think it's the politics of contrarianism of, of people who feel like they're, that the ground is shrinking beneath them, kind of trying in every way to give a middle finger to what they perceive as, you know, diminishing the land beneath them. 
that's it feels more like a grievance than it feels like any sort of legitimate concern and um it's disappointing to see that um in in this way it's disappointing to see the giants condone it yeah uh, i mean that, that's not surprising we already talked about some of the big yeah. of the giants so sure and also with baseball players that's the group that you're very much likely to see this sort of thing but it's just a weird i don't know i think having the guy that let let's boil it down to what it is the giants hired a pitching genius and that genius cannot go around to the teams to help make their flailing pathetic farm system better it's not flailing and pathetic roger munter's gonna be on the show <laughs> next week but uh, you know it's fun to say that because nothing helped them this year and you know having the their genius not being able to lend his genius more directly and more uh, actively has certainly you you know certainly set them back has to have set them back and i don't know what kind of example it's setting it's supposed to be setting but i i can't imagine that there are many people that are happy with the situation. I mean, yeah, maybe if Brian Bannister had been around all, all season, he could have helped Jake McGee fix his mechanics in San Francisco. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Inst- the only videos Brian Bannister was watching was TikTok videos about the <laughs> microchips that get implanted in you, not pitching videos. Uh, but it's been a weird season uh, in terms of that. You know, he wouldn't have helped with the defense, although that would have been funny if he had been there. He's like, you know what your problem is? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it fixed the pitching and the defense. Yeah. What's the infield? Those guys, they suck. Yeah. What's up with that? And because everyone's too afraid to just speak their mind, everyone else, <laughs> because Bannister did that, they're like, wow, he might have, he might be onto something. Um, and, and they're like, Scott, Scott, can you do it? And Scott's like, no, I'm going to Detroit. I can't do that. <laughs> So I, I think at the end of the day, you would want um, your geniuses being able to do everything required in their job description or desired in their job description. And um, I think it's just tough. Yeah, it's just tough when you run into it and you go, interesting. And what do you do about it? Well, he's going to he's going to get what he wants at the end of the day, because we're not probably very far from all this uh, vaccines, you know, exposure, uh, from just kind of going away. It seems like that's where it's trending, which seems like a devastating decision, but one that I can't do anything about. So <laughs> there it is. I'm just going to keep masking and, and get my boosters and staying away from people as much as possible. Um, let's talk about a little bit about Aaron judge and Barry bonds. Uh, Aaron judge is playing right now. As we record this, he's on 60 home runs in, I think it's the 152nd game of the Yankees season. And um, what Babe Ruth hit sixty home runs in one hundred and fifty four, and um, and uh, Roger Maris hit sixty one. I'm getting these all wrong. Yeah, it's sixty and one fifty four. Maris and one sixty two. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the so the idea is that if Aaron Judge really wants to set the record, you know, it's actually it's super special for the Yankees. Like if he hits a home run the next couple of games, like he'll break the record that Babe Ruth set. It will feel more pure to Yankees fans. Fine. And then if he gets to 63 or 62 or whatever, he'll, he'll for a lot of people who still haven't died for some reason, he'll be the official. <laughs> he'll well, be the official home run. That, he will have the, the AL single season home run record. That's true too. Yes. That's so, very true. Um, yeah. I need to get it out. I need to make it very clear. I hope Aaron Judge does all that. I think he's having an amazing season, like uh, to the point where I'm like, wait, it's not obvious that Shohei Otani is the MVP. Like, 
if Otani wins, that'll be fine. But it's like it's not obvious like it was last year. Um, and and so there's been a little uh, attempt to uh, whitewash, to launder the steroid era through Aaron Judge's one great season that he's having. And um, I'm not here for it. I'm pushing back, Doug. Yeah, I mean, the thing is about Barry Bonds is one time, and I know this sounds weird, but just stick with me. One time he hit 73 home runs in a season. And so that's actually the record. Yeah. Uh, yep, uh, they happened. They definitely happened. happened. <laughs> uh, also, well, four times he had better seasons than Eric Judges. Exactly. <laughs> For four years in a row. Four in, in a fact. row. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the entire game changed because pitchers were so scared to face him. Actually, that's not fair. The entire game changed because managers were so scared to let their pitchers face him. Like they completely changed everything about how baseball was played in a game where Barry Bonds was there. And yeah. And in terms of, uh, ah, I was juicing. He was cheating. You're, I can't believe I'm hearing this. It's ridiculous. You know, everybody was cheating. And so, cheating. And also, I just want to remind people that the long-term health effects of steroids are awful. He did that for us. Right? <laughs> he took on that burden. Am I saying Barry Bonds is just like Jesus? I'm not saying he isn't. <laughs> also, human growth hormone. We should all try it once we hit we about 35. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, all your favorite Marvel actors are doing it. That's how they're getting nuts. <laughs> so Yeah, you, you think Chris Pratt did that on his own? Yeah. Yeah, Robert Downey on Parks and Rec to that now. Robert Downey Jr. They had to slam on the brakes to the to the transportation van to get him to roll off the bench seat he was passed out on, just so he'd fall to the floor and wake up and get to set on Ally McBeal in time. So (laughs) you know, I'm not sure he's hitting Iron Man and looking as good as he does just because he did some push-ups. So. Um, and all credit to their trainers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't just do it with steroids. Yeah. You do it with steroids and a ton of work. Yes, yes. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is in the gym. There's no question. So. Right. Uh, but, but beyond all that, look, I mean, Aaron Judge is implicated in a cheating scandal very recently as well that got just completely brushed away. That it, just his was technology. But so was Barry Bonds. It was just medical technology. But that's neither here nor there. Home run records, I think, makes everybody a little crazy. And I certainly understand people who don't like Barry Bonds and don't like the Giants. Their compulsion to try to find any bit of baseball history that they can latch on to as a curative for, is that the right word? Uh, for a cure-all for the stuff they didn't like about baseball. You know, I, you know, but that could be done with a lot of stuff, uh, you know. The the Tampa Bay Rays ran out a, an all, I think it was all uh, Latin American lineup the other day. Hey, if that's what gets us to erasing the horrible racist history of baseball. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like if we're doing that, where we're using modern day historical events to erase pastels, so be it. Uh, is the PED era completely a, a pastel? I think I'm open to that argument as well. But this denial of reality is... That's been the theme of our entire podcast today, yeah, Doug. Exactly. Everyone denying reality. <laughs> uh, we're we're denying that we're denying the reality that Buster Posey is a figurehead meant to launder the Giants' image. We're denying that no one's talking about how much money did he make from that deal. <laughs> you know, we're denying that that uh, that Scott Harris uh, that you know that the intentionally obtuse or obscure. Um, delineation of duties for GM and 
president of baseball operations isn't kind of concerning. And we're certainly recognizing that Brian Bannister has decided that there's a lane of reality that he prefers to everything else. Um, human nature, man. That's the theme. <laughs> that's right. There's going to be a test on this later. If you're in a philosophy class, cite this podcast. <laughs> I totally get it. Uh, we, we, anything we can do to re- in, uh, reduce fear. That seems to be the driver for human beings. Reduce uncertainty, reduce fear, all that stuff. Okay, next week, we're going to have Roger Munter on the show. He's going to talk about the San Francisco Giants farm system, which I must begrudgingly admit has some positive things that we can talk about. Whoa, 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 Brian. (laughs) Stop being so effusive. It's really going to throw our listeners off. Uh, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Casey Schmidt went from high A to triple A. He did. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Even though Elliot Ramos is a complete flop and it breaks my heart and Marco Luciano's uh, two to three or never years away, um, whatever. Uh, that was That's pretty cool that that happened. And there's certainly some other stories that we'll get into. And um, the weekend after that, we're going to be doing our season wrap-up podcast. That doesn't mean we're going away for the entire offseason. I'm definitely going to make sure that when Doug's on vacation, we're recording a podcast. Et cetera. No, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> we want you to send in your questions for the last episode. I can't help but notice not one person submitted a question on the last post, the last episode. So I'm going to now be very annoying about it online. Send us your questions. Doug, where can people read you? You can read me at giantsdoug.substack.com where I will write about the events of the week. Or if there are no events, I will finally get to that article I've been thinking about for like two weeks straight. <laughs> um, and you can also subscribe to it so you don't miss them. You just, they just come right to your inbox. They come you right know? to your inbox or maybe your promotions folder. I know for a while I was having some problems with that. I don't know how to solve those problems. Check your promotions folder, people. That's right. Go to Doug's and listen to this podcast and send us your questions and get excited for Roger coming next week and watch the Giants for the rest of this couple weeks. And go Giants. Go Giants. Get your Betsy. And your flu shot. (laughs) They say you need a shot. Just get it. Don't whine. (laughs) 